Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. There's a new book out revealing the meaning and origin of God's covenant names. To talk with us about that is the author of the book, The Covenant of Names of God, Richard Soans. Richard, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. So let's give us some background here on It's Your Community. What inspired you to write this book? Well, um, I've heard about the covenant names since I was in uh, seminary. And uh, various preachers have preached sermons on the covenant names, but nothing in depth. Um, You can find the covenant names on the internet, but it's it's like a one-page synopsis. This is what they mean. And so I was uh, wanting to look more deeply into each name and then uh, bring out those meanings in depth. And so that was what inspired me was there was nothing else available out there. So for people listening who may not be, you know, familiar or even with the word covenant, what does that mean? What does a covenant mean? Well, a covenant is a solemn agreement. Pretty much the only place we use covenant today is in marriage. But uh, a covenant is an old word. I guess the most close term we have today is treaty. And so like NATO and CETO and, you know, the, the treaties we have with various countries, that is a covenant. In fact, the Ger- the old West Germany name was um, Republic by Covenant. A Bund in German is a covenant. Bundesrepublik is where all the, all the members, nations that made up Germany formed a covenant and came together and they became one country. So that was the name of the country. Mm-hmm. Republic by Covenant. Is, so, is that clear? <laughs> yeah. So tell us, you know, there was, there's many names um, that God has given in the, in the Bible, you know, in scripture. So what, what really distinguishes these covenant names from the, the way um, we're referring to God in other ways, such as Yahweh and, and, uh, and, and other names in scripture? Well, Yahweh is actually the basis of the covenant names. Yahweh was the personal name that, uh, that God gave to Moses at the burning bush. When Moses said, hey, if I go back and tell them that you talk to me, they're going to want to know what your name is. And so that's the name that, that God gave Moses there. Uh-huh. The covenant names are relational names. And so they tell us who God is through relationship. Whereas the other names of God are more descriptive and impersonal names, that, what I call the El names. So El Shaddai is the God of cataclysmic power. That describes who he is, but it doesn't describe who he is to me. El Elyon, God most high. You know, El Roi, the God who sees. But the covenant names, um, Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. Um, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. So the covenant names are more personal. 
And, and when we're talking about covenant names, Richard Solomons, we're talking about the covenants that God made with people in, in the Bible. These, 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 uh, this, this deep relationship that he made a covenant he made with, uh, you know, the prophets or the, the people in the Bible, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we just think of the, of the, of the covenant as the, the covenant, you know, the Ten Commandments. But there were actually many covenants made throughout the Bible. Uh, a lot of a lot of folks list many many covenants. I only refer to the covenants which are explicitly called covenants in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the covenant God made with Noah, for example, covenant God made with David. So if they're explicitly called covenant. Uh, there are some that are just agreements or, or pronouncements by God that some folks call covenants, but unless they're specifically called a covenant in scripture, I, I don't cover those in the book. So, you know, I know um, we know that the, the New Testament is hidden in the old and the old is revealed in the new uh, in scripture. Does it do the usage of these Old Testament covenant names and the themes they describe persist in the New Testament? Explain that to us. How, how are these Old Testament covenant names displayed in the person of Jesus in the New Testament? They absolutely flow through uh, to the New Testament. Um, and what I do in the book, I not only um, cover the historical, the origin of the name, how, how it came about through the covenants, various covenants, but I trace them through, through the New Testament. In other words, each of these names reveals God's personality. And so Jesus, who is the Son of God, would also have God's personality. And so all those traits that God had and has are going to be revealed in the person of Jesus. And so I actually go name by name and and show how Jesus, for example, uh, one of the covenant names is the Lord, my shepherd. And then I, I talk about in depth, what is the shepherd's responsibility? What is the shepherd's livelihood? What is the shepherd's responsibilities? Uh, how does that relate to me if I'm one of his sheep? How does God act to me as a shepherd? And then, of course, in the New Testament, Jesus says of himself, I am the good shepherd. Um, One of the names, the Lord is my peace. Well, in Ephesians, Paul says that Jesus is our peace. And, and one of the names in particular, the Lord, our righteousness, is mentioned in a messianic prophecy of Jesus. And it is, it is the only place in the Old Testament where it specifically relates Jesus to one of these covenant names. And uh, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah says, he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord, our righteousness was a covenant name of God. But in that messianic prophecy in Jeremiah, Jeremiah says that Jesus will be called by that covenant name. I think it's fascinating myself. It <laughs> is. Of course, the, uh, you know, the truths in the Bible. And, and one of the things that I love to bring out is the interrelatedness 
of of all of the truths of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So if it's true in Genesis, it's going to be true, true in Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking with Richard Stones, um, you know, uh, about his book, The Covenant Names of God. And, you know, for us Christians, we're leading up to the holiest day of the year for Christians everywhere, which is Easter Sunday. Richard, we know that. Um uh, it's a belief that I'm Catholic and I know you're Baptist and, and, um, we have lent to the Catholic faith. So I thought it was just appropriate to kind of have you come on and talk about the covenant names and, and scripture and the Bible and your book during this time of the year, um, as Christians get ready to celebrate, uh, Easter. And you dig deep into the original biblical languages to ferret out the meaning of each of these names. And, and since these covenant names come from the ancient languages and were addressed to ancient people, what makes them so relevant in our current context? And you kind of alluded to that. What's true in Genesis is true in Revelation. But how do we make it relevant today in our current, in our current context? Well, um, I learned long ago, uh, you know, being being a military brat myself, and then, and then being in the military uh, 28 years myself, uh, I spent most of my life traveling the world with, with the army. And as I traveled the world, I met people, you know, all over from all different kinds of backgrounds and all different kinds of faiths. And uh, one thing I learned early on is that people are people. And so people have, you know, there, there aren't special fears that, that um, they have in the Middle East. They have the same fears we have. They, yeah. they have the same hopes, the same dreams, the same feelings, you know, because people are people. God created Adam and Eve, and we are all descended. So, you know, we're, we're all remotely related, and, of course, we're, we're the same. It's like, uh, I'm a chicken farmer. I, I, I raise eggs. And I have, uh, I have many, many different breeds of chickens. But the chickens are basically all the same. They're, they're different colors. You know, they're different. Some of them have different temperaments, but they're, they're all chickens. And we're all people. Uh-huh. And what was true in the Old Testament of God and his relationship with people is true today because God has not changed. And, uh, you know, in the Song of Solomon, uh, I'm sorry, in, in Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon says, hey, people don't change. The world doesn't change. We just go over, you know, every baby that's born into the world is brand new into the world. And they grow up learning things. Now, we, we know more now than they knew 100 years ago, but it's still a process. And the people are the same. We still have the same weaknesses. We still stumble the same way. We still have the same uh, needs. And so what God was to the people in the Old Testament and what he was to the people in the New Testament, he is to us today. Mm. And even though the pictures may be old, which is which is why this book is so relevant is because most folks today don't know what a shepherd is they have no idea you know they so true. a shepherd goes out and tends sheep but there's a lot more to it and so and so bringing out that 
um, the standard, the Lord is my standard. You know, we salute the flag and we, we know about the flag, but there's so much more behind just that, that you know, those stripes of cloth. And, and they go back all the way to the times of, of Moses and the meanings that were used throughout the Bible, the Roman standards, you know. And when Moses lifted up that rod and then built that altar and said, the Lord is my standard, Jehovah is my standard. And what does that mean? It's not just a flag that you wave. There's, there's a lot to it. And so, and so the principles don't change just because the language has changed. Yeah. So Richard Stones, which of these covenant names has become most personally meaningful to you through the process of writing this book and, and why? I think Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is the uh, the name that Abraham gave when he uh, was asked to sacrifice his son. And right at the last minute, the Lord provided a ram for him to sacrifice <clears throat> instead of his son. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jehovah Jireh. Uh, now, you've, you may have heard of Jehovah Jireh before. <clears throat> the Lord yeah. will provide. Um, literally, it means the Lord will see to it. Mm. The Lord will see to it. So it's not just the provision, but it's the taking care of. I'm in a jam. I need more than just provision. I need for God to sort things out, to make things right. So that Jehovah Jireh, that's the Lord will see to it. And sometimes that's provision. Sometimes all I need is, you know, something to get by. But more often than not, I need, you know, God to take control of the circumstances and to change things. Richard, I think the whole world needs Jehovah Jireh today. I think the whole world Absolutely. needs the Lord to take over things right now. With everything that we've got going on. <laughs> We need it desperately Absolutely. today. Uh, I'm glad Actually, you brought that up. All of these covenant names, yeah. Jordan, the world needs desperately. Yeah. Well, and, we... and it's more than just needing. Yeah. You know, most people misunderstand who God is. Mm -hmm. They think of God as this big policeman. You know, you mess up and you're going to get swatted. Yeah. And, and God, and especially in the New Testament, God is revealed as love. God loves us and everything he does, he does because he loves us. Even when, even when he has to chastise us, you know, the book of Hebrews, you know, you come to God as a son, he's going to chastise you as any parent would chastise their kids, not because they are mean. Well, I mean, today we have those, but, and Jeremiah talked about that too, but a parent chastises their children because they love them. Yeah. And so, and so these names help to understand that God is more than just, you know, this big meanie who's keeping score in, in heaven. No, he is actively pursuing our greater good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Richard Soans today. He is the author of the book, The Covenant Names of God. You know, this is um, a very holy time for Christians everywhere as we lead to uh, Easter Sunday. A lot of people who are not Christian believe that 
you know, uh, Christmas is our biggest holiday and it's a really important holiday, the birth of Christ, but really it's the crucifixion, death and resurrection of Christ. That is the holiest for Christians everywhere. Richard, correct. Am I correct in saying that? Well, I've been preaching on Easter for the last four weeks, and I've got several more to go. <laughs> okay, so you agree? Uh, we're and it's. I think oh, it's so absolutely. timely. And I think it's important that we all learn about each other's faiths and religions, and um, and uh, you know, understanding. And I, I love, I love the fact that you said so many people don't even understand who God is, and I think that's so relevant and prevalent to today in the world. Um, do you have any recommendations for readers on using this book as a small group study or class? I mean, what a great timing to do like a book club during this time, or, you know, uh, maybe just, you know, reading it, doing, having a discussion at, at your family dinner that Easter Sunday, or, you know, what do you think about that? Oh yeah. It could be, it could be used as a whole, or it could be broken down into in the individual chapters, the individual chapters stand alone. So each name, you know, each chapter covers one name and it can be addressed that way. So it could be covered over a period of weeks. Uh, and then further, each chapter breaks down into several sections. You could you could have three three sessions per chapter. The 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 origin, you know, grammatically, you know, and then how it applies Old Testament and then how it applies New Testament and of course how it applies to us today. So it depends on how far you want to break it down. You can make this last a long time with many sessions or you could go, you know, eight sessions or address the book as, as a whole. So give us a little bit about your background. You 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 mentioned that you were, you know, a military brat, your life in the military, a pastor. You kind of grew up, you know, uh, going to church, you know, uh, your Christian faith in the military. So tell us about that as a pastor and teacher today. Give us some background. Yes, as a, uh, as a, uh, you know, growing up in the Army, we mostly attended Army chapels because we were not often in a place or not long enough in a place to really have any kind of relationship with a church. Uh, overseas, there aren't, back, back when I was growing up, there weren't as many churches outside the gate as there are today. Today, pretty much soldiers can go anywhere and, and there will be a, a, their church will be close by. But when I was growing up, military chapels is all we had. And so I had chaplains of, of all kinds of different denominations. And uh, by the time I got to college, um, you know, I knew I was a Christian. I thought I was a Baptist, but, uh, <laughs> but I went to this Baptist church and, and said I wanted to become uh, a pastor. And so he was talking to me about, you know, my, my doctrinal beliefs. And he said, uh, well, you know, that's not Baptist. <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> and, so, uh, and so he challenged me to study, to study these things. And um, so um, I guess that's how I, I, I was formed. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, then my own military experience uh, one thing that you do in the military probably more than anything else is train and so uh, someone once said that war 
is uh, minutes of of all violence and and you know chaos punctuated by hours and hours of boredom and uh, that's the way the whole military experience is i was in the military 28 years i deployed many times but but when i went for example i went to the gulf war i was there for six seven months um went to afghanistan i was there a year i went to somalia i was there for a few months well, you know, you you add up all of my combat and peacekeeping deployment time, and it only adds up to you know less than three years over a twenty eight period twenty eight year period of time, and so the rest of that time is spent now for for chaplains. Of course, we have an active mission all the time because soldiers need spiritual guidance, spiritual food, um, but as a soldier myself. Most of that time is spent training. So you spend years in training for that six months that you actually deploy and, and do your job. You know, the guys in the tanks, the armor guys, they almost never go to war. The Gulf War is the last time they were used. And so they spend, there are soldiers who spend their entire career training. Now, I say that to say this, not only am I was I the recipient of training, but as uh, as one of the leaders in any unit that I was stationed in, I was also one of the trainers. And so the army taught me uh, how to train, and I just I loved it. I mean, I I took to training like uh, you know a fish to water, mm -hmm. and so um, that that teaching training and that teaching experience and, and, and getting training down to a science, uh, you know, that's that teaching and training. That's, that's my favorite aspect of ministry. And of course, uh, I mean, if you read my book, that, that should be pretty evident. <laughs> yeah. How, how do we get the book, uh, Richard, the covenant names of God? Well, the easiest way to get it is to go on Amazon. I'm, I'm getting more and more stuff on Amazon because stores are carrying less and less. Uh -huh. But yeah, it's available on Amazon. And right, right now it's available in uh, paperback, but I, um, I'm working to have it available also in audio. Oh, that's awesome. So Richard Stones, we have a couple minutes left with you here on It's Your Community. What else do you want to share with our listeners before we let you go? Well, um, you know, folks who are seeking a, a deeper relationship or, or struggling with, uh, with their understanding with God or, or folks who have had uh, a bad experience with a church, you know, as a, as a chaplain, chaplains aren't insulated as much as pastors are. Folks, pastors have their churches and people come to them for the most part. But chaplains are out, you know, where the rubber meets the road. And so they deal with folks who are not Christian, who, who are not of any faith, and they deal with those problems. And one thing I've I've run into was, was people who had a bad experience with a church. And I'm not saying any one particular denomination, but they had a bad experience and they turned 
that against God. They yeah. blame God for what someone did to them or, or a failed expectation. And so this book kind of reveals who God is. And God is bigger than those individuals. And God is mm -hmm. bigger than our experiences. Mm -hmm. Richard Soltz, thank you so much for joining us here in Nature Community and sharing with us your latest book. Uh, that it's a great timing for this time of the year, The Covenant Names of God. Thank you, Richard, for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed this much. My pleasure. Again, I'm Vanessa Denha-Garmo with Epiphany Communications and Coaching. If you have any questions or comments, show topics you want me to get to, you can go to my website, Epiphany Communications and Coaching, and email me there. You can also find Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook and private message me there or on any of my social media platforms. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn under my name, Vanessa Denha-Garmo. And as always, I remind our listeners to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. It's your community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.